Welcome back to another edition of Sports Tech Atlanta Seed Talk. I'm your host, Sterling Mack. Joined on the other end by Taylor Mack. Uh, we'll get a few sports tech um, really stories, no big platforms for you this week. Uh, but we did want to start off talking the NFL draft. Um, we've done a little bit more sports kind of centric uh, topics here lately. This one's interesting because uh, Justin Fields actually grew up really close to where Taylor and I grew up. And I, I asked the question to you today, why Chris Sims put out a, you know, a mock draft of him going 30 seconds to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Like, like what is going on? Why is you come from the football world? You've, you've been through this process. Why is Justin Fields dropping the way that he has? Well, first and foremost, for people, if you don't, if you're not, you know, big in the sports and you do, like Sterling said, we, we've got a little sports sports centric. What we're trying to do right here is help you have a little water cooler talk as it comes up to Thursday, when obviously the only thing that's going to be discussed over from Thursday through this weekend is going to be the NFL draft. And there's been a lot of disrespect in the path thrown in the direction of Justin Fields, who's a quarterback from Ohio State. And he was slotted originally being kind of the one B to Trevor Lawrence who, if you don't know who Trevor Lawrence is, was a quarterback at Clemson University, prolific um, you know, prospect that had won you know, multiple cha- national championships and um, was kind of the bar for quarterbacks in this draft class. So Justin Fields being the, I thought, the, the, the clear-cut number two has been very disrespected um, when it comes to mock draft boards for some reason. And obviously the big thing that you see is the the – the grade or, or the way that uh, prospective black quarterbacks are looked at, there's a lot of coded language that I think that comes along um, with those quarterbacks. Obviously, you look at the way that they talk about Trevor Lawrence's um, athleticism, and it's and it's a great thing that he has his athleticism. Look how quick he gets out the pocket. Look at that throw he makes on the run. Justin Fields' athleticism, however, is used as a detriment to him as, you know, you know he tries to get out the pocket and then uses his athleticism instead of going through his reads, and they're trying to make it seem as if he doesn't read defenses and stuff. And so – I think it's crazy. I didn't even give Chris Sims the time of the, the click because it was clickbait to make you watch his YouTube video to see why he's his analysis was for Justin Fields to go down at 32 to Tampa Bay, which doesn't make sense. But um, I think this is all in all going to be a pretty exciting draft. I hope so. I mean, they've talked this one up for for, you know, I think more than what they normally do, uh, you know, especially with it being COVID. But um I hope it lives up to the billing that it will be uh, major moves. And I know we're going to talk real quick about our Falcons, but um, there's really no reason to fully answer. There's really no reason why Justin Fields has slid back except for a false media created narrative, which it's kind of crazy because there's no real words being said. It's just, he's just backsliding, but with no proof or evidence to go along with why he's backsliding. He's just in the, in their minds, he could go three which I think he, he's going to go to the Jets, but I hope he goes to the Falcons. What do you think? Yeah, I think – I mean three to the Niners. I do think he goes third. I think there's a lot of um, – there's a lot of people using the media to, like, manipulate what is going to happen on Thursday. Obviously, there's so many trades out there. The Niners traded up to be in the position that they are to be in this third uh, pick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It, to your point, I think there's – it's weird because, like, Trey Lance is also – you talk about the codedness of some of the words like Trey Lance is black as well. And it's, there's a weird thing around Justin Fields. I don't know what it is. There's a really weird narrative around him uh, to your point about like the way he reads the game, 
like his enthusiasm for always like, you know, wanting to quote unquote, put the work in, um, you know, how his teammates received him when he was at Georgia, which was a really weird situation for him, obviously before he transferred, um, his teammates yeah. and his teammates loved him too. They they were mad at Kirby for playing from over right. over Justin, which gets gets lost for some reason in, in these in the news cycle. It's like the the players legitimately did not like Kirby Smart for what he did in in or yeah. weren't happy with the direction. And then they started winning and think you know let bygones be bygones. But after that camp decision, players were not going to. But play they still knew that they felt Justin Fields should be playing. And then yeah. obviously it bared that out at the end of the season, right? Like yeah. fields transfers. There was also the weird, you know, racism with the guy on the baseball team. Cause he was a two sport athlete of Georgia where, you know, I think a first, first, first baseman or something from like middle Georgia, uh, you know, I believe called him the N word or something like that. So he had a weird experience at Georgia and like no one's. Yeah. People are not talking about that. Um, so it's, it's, it's super interesting to your point. I think, I would be shocked. I do think the Jets are taking uh, the BYU guy, Zach, but I do think – I think Justin Fields go through. I think if, if the Niners take Mac Jones, it's ridiculous. To your point, what should the Falcons do? Um, listen, as we all know, our home team does not make the best decisions with really anything, right? No, Whether it be draft picks or free agency or anything like that. Um I think the best player in the draft, I think Trevor Lawrence is amazing and probably the best quarterback we've seen since maybe Andrew Luck coming out of college. But I do think uh, Pitts uh, out of Florida is the best prospect. I think longevity, the way the game is played, he can do things uh, very similar to that, like, you know, Gronk, Zach Ertz, Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey type of frame. But he mm-hmm. may be even more athletic than all those guys. Mm-hmm. Um and you just kind of, I think you take that every day of the week, right? If you can put someone in at the tight end position and be like, hey, go, go get me eight to 12 touchdowns a year and, you know, 70, 80 catches. Like that's, you'd love that. Um, but in the same sense, I think for the Falcons, right? I think there's going to be so many teams that are trying to vie for the quarterback. Let's say Field doesn't take it. Let's say Mac Jones is taken third. So then you've still got Fields, Trey Lance on the board. I mean, sliding back makes a ton of sense. There's going to be, you know, depending on who, what happens right after the Falcons, right? You could have an offensive tackle there. Uh, I think the Panay guy or also the Northwestern tackle, uh, uh, Slater could be there. Um, you've also got, you know, depending on if you how far you slide back, you've got some pretty good linebackers like Parsons coming out of Penn State. So, and I think be, getting more assets this year is a big deal. I understand you got a new coaching staff coming in and Matt Ryan's still there. So what do you do there? But um to me, if you do not take pits, right, and something becomes available as far as a trade, I would move back. No, I agree with you. I, I don't. I don't think you take pits because you, you have the same situation of you're throwing to Calvin Ridley and Julio, anyways. So adding Kyle Pitts is another weapon. So that's basically we're just going to be winning, or we're going to have games where we lose fifty-two to forty-eight. There's no point in doing that. So he's a great weapon, but I like. But in a in a crowded room, do you need to add that? I don't necessarily think you do. So I don't think I think the Falcons, like you said, with the trade back would uh, if their quarterback isn't there. I don't know which quarterback that they like the most, whether if that's Justin Fields or if they like Trey Lance the most. They're not there. They trade back because this is a really deep, really, really, really deep draft when it comes to wide receivers, uh, especially early in the first and second round. And then um, also what you can get from a defensive linebacker and then also from a cornerback perspective. So, like you said, they need to add pieces. And if you think Matt Ryan can be the key for the next three years, even though his arm is, you know, he's 
he's getting older. Arm's not the same, but he is a very capable quarterback. If you decide, hey, we don't need to get the quarterback this year, we can go for next year, or we can go free agency, try and do trade, something like that. I don't, I mean, I still can be quarterback in the future, but um, we can win with Matt Ryan. We just need to put the right pieces on defense and at the offensive uh, line as well. So that's what I think that they would do if the quarterback's not there. So it's going to be, hopefully, it's going to be an exciting draft. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But one through three pretty much is locked up. Um, one through two, sorry. <laughs> One and two are locked up with Trevor and, and Zach Wilson for what they say, but I think the Falcons will set the tone. Whatever the Falcons do at four will set the pace for the rest of the first round. Because if they trade out, you're going to see what happens. There might be a swap right. of Pats. Pats might come up, pull up Trey Lance if they wanted Justin Fields for the Falcons. So who knows? Yeah, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a pretty crazy night. I think we expected the NBA draft to be kind of crazy, and I've gone back and forth on this with some people where. Because Clay Thompson's injury, I think, kind of changed everything, right? Because the Warriors then ended up not trading or not taking LaMelo Ball. They take Wiseman instead, and then everything kind of goes chalk. I think with this, depending on what the Niners do, and to your point, whether the Falcons trade out or take Pitts or a quarterback, uh, really decide what the rest of the first round does, which will be super yeah. interesting. So, Yeah. Yeah, the good thing about the NFL draft is and that's what the NBA needs to work on or NCAA needs to work on is, uh, you know, one through 32. You, you'll know the 32 players for the most part. NBA, once you get out of the top 10 picks, you're like, I don't even know this player, which is yeah. the, this is a tough thing. Yeah, but, it is. And to your point, it's a super deep draft. So yeah. Thursday should be fun. I'm excited, excited for all the teams, excited for all the players. Uh, you know, they're about to, you know, have life changing moments. And, and those that are able to, did you see Goodell is vaccinated so they can do the handshake? Do, do the hugs. And he brought his sofa to the, to the, to the draft. So his hammered sofa, because we definitely know that he was wavy. By he was he was a little wavy by, last year. By, by I think we all were wavy. We were used yeah. COVID. It's just COVID, and you're just in your house drinking. So I, we'll see what uh, Thursday night will have in store. But um, it should be fun. That's good. Uh, well, yeah. Hope you guys. You know, I know you're getting the draft from everywhere, but uh, a little fun, quick thing there uh, on the draft. Uh, Tip of sports tech stories here. First one we've got is Golden State Warriors launched a new NFT collection, uh, becoming the first team in U.S. professional sports to release their own officially licensed NFTs. Um, I think it's just pretty interesting. I think more teams are going to follow suit here. Obviously, we've seen um, the – this this number was from Forbes that I pulled. Um, the amount of NFTs that have been traded in the first quarter of this year have been one5 are worth $1.5 billion. A third of that was on NBA Top Shot. So obviously a huge marketplace within the NBA, within uh, what is going on with NFTs. Uh, so I expect more teams to do this. Uh, my quick question to you, have you, there's multiple platforms where you can create your own. Have you thought about making a Taylor Mac NFT collection? No, because I don't have a follower. I don't. It, my following base is not. It's not big enough. So if you are somebody that has over a million followers and you haven't made an NFT, like legitimate a million followers, not like you bought followers. Right. Um, like if Kevin Hart made an NFT of you know his first stand up that it's you know exclusive content that he he has and nobody else has, and you can own that, like that would blow up. So what the what the Golden State Warriors are doing, I like the idea, and I'm glad. I mean, obviously, when you have Silicon Valley, you know, to your left, that's uh. To your right, if you want to be, be specific, it's actually, uh, it's actually south. But I'm, I know I'm saying on a map. If you're facing out on the bay, it'd be to the right now with their new location. So no, it's uh, south. Right, south is right. Whatever the point. The point is, you have Silicon Valley, 
um, down the street from you. And the way that, that the Golden State Warriors are doing this is they're making basically special collector's edition ticket stubs. And so they're going to be limited edition um, highlighting different factors of facets of the organization over the years. And obviously those will be more or, or the rare moments. And then, um, and then more, you know, type of collectible ticket tickets that you can get. So that I was a little disappointed that that was the route that they were going with it because I don't see the value or the resale value for tickets. So I was hoping because with an NFT, let's take it to, um, you know, the, the band Kings of Leon. So your value of your NFT is tied to the success of the band and what they do with that album. So the more plug, you know, more play and plug that that album gets, the the more your special NFT of that album is going to be worth. So if you're handing out old ticket stubs of the, um, the 73 and whatever team, that championship team with Durant, Clay, Steph, and it's retroactive ticket stub that you're making and putting value on. That's cool. That wasn't the 73 win team. Just, just uh... same thing, whatever. And um, that's cool though. But I was hoping that you would tie the value of the NFT to the value of the organization, whether what, however small of a fraction that could be, because I think then that's where the true value comes from an NFT because you're tying it to the success of an organization. And that's not really what they're doing here. So there's no real loss for the, for the warriors, it's all gain, it's all profit, but where's the real profit coming from, in my opinion, for the fan? Because unless other teams start doing it, then it's really just a Bay Area thing or California thing that can be major, or if you're a Golden State fan, where the value can come from. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, to your point, the ticket stubs are a little interesting, right? But you've also got, like, um, like live experiences from some of those days, like some of the, um, the championship days or games, essentially. Um there's i think a ring nft as well so you're able to kind of have that enclosed as like a you know a, a special moment i thought they were doing moments as well from the championship run maybe i'm wrong there uh, it didn't look like it so it was just commemorating the championship run via ticket stubs so that's so like if you did because everybody knows from a videography department video department within organizations they have exclusive footage that others don't have and so if you tied that with the ticket stub, like you get uh, one of like Steph's threes from the championship, that is, that's the only angle of that three because it comes from their, their department and it's tied to your uh, specific NFT ID, uh, yeah. I, you know, IP address, if you want to put it that way. That's special because that's one of one. That's something that NBA Top Shot doesn't even have. NBA Top Shot is partnered with the NBA, but the clips that they're getting are really the TV angle clips and not something just from the video departments themselves, which is, I think, a moment that they should kind of look at or if they can. But that would make individual NFTs for um, NBA organizations, individual organizations, more valuable than just a, you know, ticket stub that, you know, how you have the special Super Bowl ticket stubs that are holographic and all that type of stuff. That's what I think that they're kind of aiming at. And I think they're, I appreciate the effort, but missing the mark on the initial release. Yeah. Yeah. No, good point there. I mean, it's super interesting there that they're only doing, I mean, obviously the six championships and they're, and they're total there. And um, yeah, interesting. They're only uh, doing the ticket stubs there. But I'm going like to buy one though. If I can, like that. I'm going to buy one. If I can get it, it's always good to be first. You never know what the value of something can be. If you can get it in low and next thing you know, you're like, Oh, I bought this five years ago and I completely forgot about it for $50. And now it's worth $20,000. Yeah. 
Right. You never know. Right. I think they're going to be a little bit more than $50, but yes. It's all going to charity. I mean, how expensive can it get, man? It's charity. It's for charity, which is what I do like. Um, it's all a tax write-off. It's all a game. It's a, it's all a game. They're just it's if you throw it to the charity now the Golden State Warriors can have a bigger tax write off over here and they ain't gotta do nothing. Not a penny is coming from their pockets. Legitimately, think of it. Legitimately, not a penny is coming from their pockets. We raise all this money and then we're just gonna donate it away and then we're gonna ta- and then we're gonna write this off. Boom. It's the perfect business formula. I mean, I don't know why you're trying to you're trying to. Yes, I'm exploiting the game. Why? Because when you go and you're at the grocery store and they make you feel bad, hey, do you want to make this donation over here with with Whole Foods? No, I don't. Are you sure? And you're like, oh, it makes you feel bad. But then at the end of the day, it's just a huge tax write-off for the company. After all the collections and donations that they get around the country, that's all you're adding to. It's all the game, Sterling. Sorry. Thank you. We see. Um, <laughs> thank you for that. We appreciate that, I think. Or hope everyone did. Uh, the next one here is the Twins announced a partnership with Techstars for an accelerator program called the Minnesota Twins Accelerator by Techstars. Um, <laughs> super original, I guess, uh, during which the organization will provide funding and mentorship for 30 startups for um, over three years with the focus on the intersection of technology, sports, and entertainment. Uh, I think this is super cool. Obviously, there's been – we've highlighted some baseball tech here recently. Um the Dodgers launched a pretty similar initiative back in 2015. Uh, theirs was with uh, RGA as the partnership. So really cool to see this happening. Obviously, anytime uh, we've got startups that can kind of, you know, get mentorship uh, as well as funding and, and be able to kind of work on their on their startups. It's amazing. Um, I believe you can start to apply for the first year of the program on May 10th. And every year, 10 startups will be selected for the 13-week program with the first year expected to run from November 2021 through February 2022. Uh, So again, shout out to the Twins and Techstars on that one. Yeah, I like that. The last little story we've got or kind of news here is Bolero Bowling uh, Alleys has added uh, a new partner. Uh, with sports betting content company Better View to present betting content at Bolero locations. I thought this was really interesting. Obviously, this comes on. Th- this was announced, I think, like on the 31st of March, so a um, little late to the to the party here. But the fact that the CDC guidelines just came out saying, "Hey, like if you're vaccinated, you know, you, you don't need a mask in certain like locations or doing different things, yada yada." I thought about this. And I was like, "Well, I mean, you got to think." If you're a bowling alley, what's the best way to maybe not attract people, but you want to keep people there as long as you can, right? Mm-hmm. And not only keep people there, but then entice people in some way to think, oh, like put something, a nugget in the back of their head, like, oh, I want to go back there because I enjoyed my time there. I didn't mm-hmm. just bowl, have a couple, you know, couple beers, a couple pitches of beer with like watered down Bud Light and then, mm-hmm. and then left, right? Like it, it was a different experience. And this is one way to do that, right? The fact that what Better View is going to be able to do um, is now it's going to give you those analysis. It's going to have like different, uh, you know, betting props up on the board. And that's only there when you're in a Bolero location. So very, so, so proprietary to them, right? So I, I think really cool. Again, I think it's another way people are trying to figure out these different partnerships, different ways, again, to, to not not just entice you to be in the building, 
but how long can we keep you there, right? As we get to this post-COVID world or, or this different world within COVID, I should say. Yeah. Uh, first off, I think you hit the nail on the head for bowling alley beer. Completely watered down. <laughs> <laughs> like, is this beer or is this just water? Or is this it's something nasty? It's something in between. <laughs> you feel but like it's, it's got like suds in it. You're like, what is this? Yeah, like, is this, this just mop water? But. It was four fifty a pitcher, so might as well. So like, that's exactly what bowling alley beer is. You're just there to try and get a quick turkey if you can, um, and that's three strikes, right? Yeah, turkey's three strikes, or is that bowling at like two hundred? The turkey's three strikes, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. You're just trying to you're trying to get a couple strikes in, maybe a spare. A hundred percent. Make sure you bowl over a hundred. If you're not over a hundred, you need to reevaluate yourself because that's embarrassing. Uh, as a grown person in this world, you should only be bowling sub hundred if you if you are a middle schooler and below. So I love the idea because everybody knows, and and the biggest trend nowadays is betting and betting and beer. I'll just put it that way, but betting and alcohol because the generation that we are growing up in, uh, we are turning into a, degener- a degenerate generation that our outings are alcohol fueled, and we like to spend money. Um, frivolously throwing money left and right and not worrying about the losses that you're taking until your statement comes out and you realize you are close to negative. So they're capitalizing on what the trend is. And I, I think it's a really good idea. You obviously see the NFL making partnerships with uh, Caesars, I believe it was, and how betting is going to be integrated. You can do that live in stadium. You can't bet you know, on the games that you're there for, but you know, Hey, all right. You know, it's a nice, fun outing. Or, if, you know, if you're if you have kids and you go to the bowling alley now, you can do something a little fun if you do like to stay up and, you know, do some do some sports betting. So um, I, I think this is a really good move. It's a really smart move, tactful in this situation, uh, in this time frame. And uh, they should see some solid money coming back. But now the promotion needs to br- uh, like pop in because, you know, y- you know, your friend group. Hey, you guys want to go bowling on Friday? Who wants to go bowling? Like right. you, everybody hits you with the who? No, I don't want to go bowling. I like bowling, and I'm not trying to disrespect bowling, but like that's the that's the air, that's the cloud around bowling right now. It's it's not the fun event that you would want to do on a Friday or Friday or Saturday because if you don't have that, it has to have that like cosmic theme to it. And if you don't, and it's just lights are on, and you got like bad kids running left and right, it smells like stale pizza and maybe a little boo-boo coming out because that boo-boo smell from the bathroom there ain't no doors on that bathroom we all everybody knows that every bowling alley don't have doors on those bathrooms you walk by and you get hit with that wave so you're like you got to change up that mindset about what people think about for bowling and this is something that can work for it yeah no i agree i thought about this i thought about this as to your point if you were kind of not not forced but it's like either you have kids or like you were invited to something you're like oh i gotta go to this bowling I got to go to a bowling alley tonight. Like not what I was mm-hmm. expecting to do. And then to your point now, it's like another incentive to kind of be there. And to your point now, the degenerates in your group are like, yo, remember that bowling alley we went to for that happy hour? Yeah. And <laughs> let's go, let's, let's, let's go back. I got to, the game's going to come on. I need to get there at least 20 minutes early. Like that'd be perfect. <laughs> so now you can have like a fun Sunday activity, especially, yeah, especially on a Sunday you want to have like, you want to get out the house, but you don't want to make it a, like an, a whole event. That's perfect. Go bowling. We don't even have to go bowl. We can just go and sit at every bowling alley has a bar. 
for the most part, sit at the bowling alley bar, do a couple quick bets, and then you don't have to drive out of your way to go to a casino or do something like that or go through a bookie if you have one. So it can legitimizes your, your weekday and weekend activities. And at the same time, um, it's a nice environment if you want to get a quick bowl in and enjoy yourself. So I, I really do like where they're going with this, and let's see how they roll this out. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, so, yeah, again, shout out to uh, Bolero and to Better View. Uh, so that concludes the sports tech stories for this week. Uh, you can find me at Steamac. You can find Taylor at TaylorMac29. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, continue to rate, subscribe, and listen. And we'll see you in the next edition of Sports Tech. See you tomorrow.